This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. What will be, will be. Welcome back to You Should Watch, a TV recap podcast. I am Joe Lipset, and I'm joined as always by Sheree Bohannon. Hey, Joe. Hey. How's it going? It's going. I mean, we're doing better than the people in this town. Um. Ooh. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm well. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. So folks were talking about from season two, episode four, This Way Gone. And even though this isn't the most significant episode in terms of no one's dying, there aren't big mysteries being revealed, it really does feel like this is such a character-based episode that all of our favorites are kind of hurting. Yeah, I'm happy you said that because we definitely talked about it a little bit before we got on the mic that this episode feels so weird tonally because mm-hmm. they're dealing with their own shit as opposed to like, what's all this? What does it mean? It's like our relationships are suffering. And also, <laughs> I might have been lying to you about the woman who actually killed your dad. Um, oh, <laughs> so boy. It's, it's, it's high drama. It is super high drama. Poor Kenny. I just want to hug him. Honestly, Kenny and Donna again and again, right? Like we only get a taste of Donna, except she's absolutely the MVP once again. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, I I'm subscribing to everything she's doing. Um, she's doing what needs to be done at all times. Her picking up the axe to deal with who we found out is Randall, mm-hmm. <laughs> and sort of being like, "Oh, you want to like hurt my people and you want to like be above the law? Live on this bus and watch them rip people apart and then see how you feel about that." Ooh, I love the moment where she just lays it out for him, right? Like, you've got to keep this talisman inside or else they can get in. It can't be on the floor. Also, enjoy the fact that the bus has no shades or drapes. So you will get to see everything that these people are doing every night. Have fun. I cannot wait to see him in his first night. They let us see him freaking out as they tap at the windows and try to get in and talk to him. (laughs) either that or we'll just see him back in colony house the next episode yes because again i think that now that he knows donna's not to be fucked with he's gonna get information he's gonna get in line Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's gonna share his clothes he's gonna say less (laughs) yes but I, i didn't mean to detour off of kenny because i do feel like this is a big kenny and boyd episode and you're right, you know, like our our favorite little boy, he's doing so much. He's trying so hard. And I love the payoff of where we left with that cliffhanger last episode, where he discovers that Sarah is living in the bottom of the church. And I did not realize that he didn't know that she was responsible for his father's death. So this was big. Yeah, because Nathan and the father hid it from everybody. And father told Boyd right before father got taken out. And Mm -hmm. like, Boyd has definitely been watching who he says what to. And so I thought that was fascinating. Because again, I also forgot Kenny didn't know because I've been watching this and I'm like, everybody knows everything. 
And so to see Kenny go from, she tried to kill a nine-year-old and she killed her own brother to, well, if Boyd believes in her, I believe in her because this is my new father figure to being like, you killed my real dad? Oh no, Boyd, we got bad blood. And to like take his badge off and throw it after we find out how he got the badge to begin with. It was a lot of drama. And I was like, oh no, I came here for monsters. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really appreciated that, like always, the show is very judicious about showing us these flashbacks. So we do open with the moment where Kenny and his mom, Tian Chen, sort of show the dad like, okay, you can't be in a place where you could hypothetically open the door. So we're going to keep you in the hospital for now. And then the rest of this is really about Kenny coming to grips with the fact that Boyd has been lying to him, that Sarah was far more involved than he realized. And I don't know, his reactions are so genuine. And it's the kind of grief and frustration that we're only seeing from the annoying new people who can't reconcile what's going on in this town. Exactly. And I, I just, I love Kenny so much because he's lost the girl of his purgatory dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is now losing his surrogate father because like, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow that like the one person you trust in this town that's not your mother has been keeping the secret from you, mm-hmm. even if it has been for like two, three days, but still. Um, right. <laughs> it's it's a lot and I I don't I worry for him because again he he was one of the aspiring leaders and I don't know what he's gonna do but he does deserve his moment of grief or anger and I just hope that like when it's all said and done he comes back to being Kenny mm-hmm. so question for you do you side with Kenny more in this or do you side with Boyd or do you feel like both of them had reasons and their feelings are valid that's the issue is that both of them, I understand where they're coming from because again, Boyd did not have time to sit Kenny down and explain things mm-hmm. because it was literally like, I have to get her and get a town if anybody sees her. And then we were leaping through trees. And so like, <laughs> I, I understand not telling Kenny and when they were having their weird moment in the church in front of that mailbox. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I kept saying the mailbox. I was like, stop. No, I can't look away. <laughs> it's so distracting. Right? <laughs> And you can almost see Boyd trying to figure out if now's the time to tell him or if now's not the time. And then he has his, like, moment and has to go see Christy. And so, again, just, like, missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. But I also think that had he told Kenny, um, we would have a different result. I just, when would he have told him? Yeah, it's one of those things where I often don't like it on shows where people don't tell other people things that they need to know because, you know, oh, it's good for the plot. It amps up the conflict and this kind of stuff. But this actually plays out, I think, pretty realistically. You're right. Boyd didn't have time to fill him in. He really didn't know whether or not Sarah was going to be a valuable player. And then all of a sudden, he didn't know where she was until she came back. So in some ways, I find it very easy to understand what drove Boyd to this. But then from Kenny's perspective, it's absolute betrayal. You know, the only person he really trusts and looks up to And I love that Boyd knows this because that's what the whole imaginary conversation with Father Khatri is about, right? It's part of Boyd's brain saying, yeah, you know what? You have to lie to this kid, but also you feel like shit about this. Yeah, which again, it just, it sucks because there is no winning. There is no, there is no right path because like, 
had he pulled Kenny aside on his way out into the forest, Kenny would have been like, what? And been thrown and would not have been able to like protect the town as best he could with Donna. Because mm-hmm. he would have been thinking about Boyd out in the woods with the woman who killed his father. But also Boyd didn't think they were coming back. Let's be honest. He right. was like, we're going to go do some recon. Um, neither of us are coming back, probably. And if one of us does, it'll be me. And so I just, it's a good way of getting to the drama in a show where we spend a lot of time with the monsters. And I appreciate that. And it's just another like nod that this writer's room understands. Another thing I noted is that now that Randall is the worst, I'm easing up on my Jade hatred. Oh my God. Yes. Um, Jade's entrance into the house where he just like yells <laughs> at Ethan and Julie because suddenly they're living there too. I was like, Oh, I cannot stand this character. But then he mellows, right? Like those scenes of him later on where he's actually making an effort play better because we're so frustrated with this character most of the time. And it feels like, oh, he's not the new guy in town anymore. He can't keep acting this way. And I think even he is realizing it. Yeah, like we had our first human moment with him in the bar with the bus driver when he was like, I too was on the verge of the thing I worked my entire life for. And now I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I feel, especially on this side of 2020, that is a relatable moment. (laughs) (laughs) We all had plans. We all had things lined up and it was looking great. And then COVID said no. And so we, we all needed a couple of months, years to recoup. And so, yeah, I think that part of Randall's mission is to make Jade (laughs) more palatable and it's working. It's working. Yeah, and I think it's a good match to put him with back to the bus driver because she has also been pretty abrasive. Like, apart from Randall, she is the other most infuriating new character. So it kind of makes sense to be like, look, you two can mellow to an acceptable level that will mesh into society. Right? And I also ended up feeling a little bit bad for her because... She just graduated and was like, I'm going to take this last couple of rounds so I can buy myself something nice for graduation. And now Mm -hmm. she's here and we don't know if she's going to make it. Even this idea of, you know, I wasn't meant to be driving the bus that day. This was an extra shift and look at where the fuck I am now. It's so Final Destination. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You just had a bad day, and all of a sudden now it's going to fuck your entire life. Right? I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, there was a lot of people who I've been frustrated with who in this episode were like, what if I was a person? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Including Julie. I was just about to say, because like, let's bring in Julie, let's bring in Tabitha, because again, good scenes for both of them, even though we start off a little bit rocky, like Tabitha's (laughs) literally hanging out in the kitchen with the water running, and she's not even noticing. And I just thought, oh, is she gonna try to pass this off? Like, it's not a big deal again. And Julie doesn't let her again, to which I say, cool, let's just not do this again. Let's just have Tabitha filling in Julie, because she trusts her. I love that because, again, some people in this town are tuned in to whatever this frequency is, and we need them all to, like, fess up so they can all see what parts they're getting of this, whatever the puzzle is, and put it together. Mm-hmm. So what did you make of Tabitha's conversation with Jim? I'm surprised that this is the first time we've ever discussed, ooh, this could be a social experiment. Somebody could be watching us. I I love that we are having thoughts and theories, even though I don't know 
what is going on? And I was very happy that when, like, he went to Donna, Donna's like, how you know it wasn't the monsters, Jim? Because, mm-hmm. again, I, I don't understand how they get here unless it's, like, a weird purgatory or a weird, like, group <laughs> trip, Um, which, again, how do you get so many different people of all ages um, and places to take the same drugs and, like, trip out mm-hmm. together? Mm-hmm. But also, Christy fiance just rolled into town and that's that seems very specific right yeah there's shadiness aplenty like does this all feel coordinated and carefully calibrated absolutely is it also the thing i'm the most interested in not really like i think the show is actually starting to move more convincingly into lost territory where i care a lot about certain characters and the mystery is fun to speculate and theorize over but at the end of the day it's not the thing that brings me back to the show right like they definitely pulled out all the stops in the first season to get us hooked but now we're like how do these people function what are these relationships mm-hmm. also who's gonna figure out what part and will they get it to the person who has the other half of that puzzle because again everybody who's a principal character has some part of the puzzle but they're right. not talking to each other so they're not fitting them together to see what they could figure out Right. I mean, it was fascinating to see Jade's ears perk up when he was talking to Bacta because she referenced Elgin and how he reacted when they were coming into the town. And you could see Jade starting to put the pieces together. Okay, that is somebody I need to go and talk to. So I already think, oh, that's where we're going to go next with these characters. Yeah. And I I am excited because, again, we don't have enough people talking to Elgin. Right. If you tell me a bus full of people rode into this weird town and somebody had a vision, I'm going to be like, let's go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go see what he knows. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the flip side, which is Ethan goes to talk to Victor and make a peace offering with some markers. And Victor just says, no, get out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say that this episode really drove home the fact that Victor is definitely still stuck in the child's mindset of when he was landed here. Mm -hmm. Infantilization to the max. Yes, yes. And while I'm still frustrated with this character, it makes the character make a little bit more sense because that's something I keep forgetting as a shady bitch. I'm just like, (laughs) you're annoying me and you must go. But I'm like, but he's annoying me for reasons. I don't like children. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like we will get there at some point with this character. Right now, it feels like something for Ethan to do on the show. This is part of who his character will be. In the same way that Julie is obviously going to start connecting with Elgin, there was definitely a glimpse of a kind of romantic connection when she was walking away. You could see Elgin looking at that body and thinking, hmm... Maybe it's not so bad to be trapped here in this small town. Right? Which, again, all I want is for Julie to have someone so she'll, like, leave her family alone. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she needs something to do, for sure. Listen, there's no TV here, so... (laughs) I don't know about you, but I would be putting on theater productions or something just to pass the time. We would have a matinee every day, promptly at noon, because I'm boarding my house up at two. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not staying in that fucking coach. No, no. They didn't even clean the blood, which again, why would they? Because (laughs) what's the purpose? But I just love that Randall's going to like have to sleep in that bloody bus and watch these monsters dance in the window. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what he deserves. 
Yeah, I I love that for him. I do love that they decided, you know what, we should probably move the bus so it's not blocking the diner windows. So let's just, you know, inch it over a little bit and park it because it's here for the duration now. This shit's not going anywhere. Right? I, <laughs> I, while we're talking about Rando, I also appreciate that Tilly finally got a name. Oh my God, old lady Tilly, the dancing old lady. There right? we go. I've been wondering because she's going to be important, obviously. They keep like making her mm-hmm. pop up every episode with a lease. And so I'm like, you've got something, girl. I know you got something. Yeah, I appreciate that she walks up to Boyd, introduces herself, and he just says, I don't have time for this. <laughs> and that's her scene for this episode. Okay, Tilly girl, we'll come back to you in another one. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cackled because, again... Boyd has come back different and not just like the things under his skin, but he's also just like, I have no more patience. We have real problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you because there's one other character that we've spent a considerable amount of time talking about, Marielle. That's Kirsty's girlfriend. She only gets one scene in here. Did you get the impression that she was actually doing an inventory of the drugs, or do you think she might be an addict? That's what I'm wondering, because I trust no one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, Tabitha could have found out her husband left from anybody. So why specifically her in that pill cupboard? Mm-hmm. And if she's not an addict, perhaps Christy is an addict, and she's seeing what is in there and all of that good stuff to check up on Christy. But somebody's got a secret, and I want to know who. <sighs> yeah, I'll admit addiction storylines i find very rote they can often be very badly done so if that's the case i'm not super excited but given that the alternative would just be marielle and kirsty having relationship difficulties i'm also not sure if i'm super excited about that so i don't know we we got to figure out what we're doing with these new characters they can't just be new characters all the time yeah because again like they were going to have lunch and Christy disappeared for six months. Mm-hmm. And we don't know, we don't know where they were coming from for lunch because like if they lived together, which I would assume if they were engaged, mm-hmm. why, why wouldn't they just go to lunch together? Why aren't they both in purgatory together? Why did Christy take a rock if they weren't living together? I, I have questions. I need them to just like give me a good three minutes of here's where we were when you left. <laughs> right. And here's where I think we're going. So I could be like, okay, Kenny, you're really out. Yeah, because it could be a very simple explanation. It could be Christy went out for lunch one day, took the rock in her bag like she normally does and just never came home. Or it could be symptomatic of something bigger and more significant happening in their relationship. And that's why they're gently finding their way back to each other now, because maybe they didn't leave under the best circumstances. Yeah, I also want to know how you go about getting two EMTs together because like Mm -hmm. that's a stressful job. And so you're not like making eyes at each other while you're like digging around in body cavities. So like, I just, I want to know more. (laughs) I I want to know more. It's possible that they were going through school or training together. So they were spending time. Mm -hmm. I can see that. But again, I just, I don't know how young they are and I don't know how long they were together. And so everything's a question but like (laughs) (laughs) you're nosy you want details right like i'm taking notes and i need to know (laughs) how this is gonna fit in with everything else because clearly whoever or whatever is in charge put her there to bother christy the same way they're bothering boyd in the same way they were like jim check on your wife Mm -hmm. um and so 
I, I want to know why they're zeroing in on Christy and why she gets a person when nobody else in this town had a person roll in for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless this is the start of something, maybe new subsequent people are going to be, oh, there's my husband. Oh, there's my girlfriend. <laughs> How weird would that be? It would be so awkward. Um, we would need so many more houses. <laughs> right? I mean, the fact the fact that we're willing to give Randall his own talisman for this bus is wild. You know what? I would have just left you outside. If you don't want to deal with the realities of living in a commune because you can't handle the responsibility, cool. Go sleep in the fucking woods. Best of luck. Same. Same. But again, Donna wants nobody to die, but also takes no shit. And so she's like, this is a good compromise. You're going to get out here. You're going to get tortured. You're going to get terrorized. And when you come back, you'll be a person. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I will say uh, her line to him, I'll be motherfucked, is immediately entering iconic lexicon status. Everything Donna does is amazing. And I just want her to have all the things. But also Mm -hmm. this episode, I didn't actually count because I watched it once instead of twice as usual. But the way they used fuck so liberally (laughs) made me feel so at home and so seen in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, because I think she tells Jim that he needs to keep his fucking mouth shut because he wants to talk about the voice that they heard, which we haven't really touched on. I'm fascinated to see if this turns into anything or if it's just going to be a little secret these two characters keep. But I loved that moment where she tells him, you already got people's hopes up with your stupid fucking radio, and now you need to shut the fuck up. Yes. Yes, she was even like, come fuck over here. Like, (laughs) every time she said fuck, I added another year to my life. And I just, I I hope that actor is doing great today. I hope she's having the best day ever. (sighs) Yes, Donna forever. Like, I feel like her and Boyd are my anchors. And I'm just, I'm here for it. So speaking of Boyd, maybe we'll touch on him and then we'll leave with Sarah and predictions for future episodes. But what did you think of his decrease in mobility and cognitive functions? It came out of nowhere because I figured whatever happened with the blood and the bugs under the skin was going to cure him. Mm. But it might be accelerating it. Right. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's monsters. I don't know if it's something else. And so I'm I'm so worried. Mm-hmm. I still am not convinced that we're going to kill Harold Perrineau. I think it would be a huge mistake on the show's behalf. 100%. <laughs> but also, yeah, this is not looking good for Boyd. So unless this is new symptoms that are replacing his Parkinson's, then I'm concerned. But also, I think it's just inevitable that we're going to have to get back to that cave and this Arthur corpse and unpack more of the story of what was going on there. Yeah. I'm also just wondering if whatever the powers that be are, are making it seem like this is accelerating Mm -hmm. to throw him off of their scent because they don't like when people investigate, which is why they're like, Jim, your wife shouldn't be digging, collapsed your house. Um, Right. And and so I wonder if this is like, if he has other problems, he'll stop talking to us and looking into us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give him health issues. That'll, that'll keep him occupied. (laughs) Right. Because whatever the powers that be are, they they are shifty and they are very powerful. And so I could definitely mm-hmm. see them being like, <laughs> you see things now. Also, can we talk about him, his scene with the father? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't see that coming because, again, this show, for all of the things that it's doing, keeps us in a very linear, we're going this way until something random pops off. So for him to have a, am I hallucinating or are you really here haunting me moment? I was mm-hmm. like... 
okay. But he also needed it because he had a lot to say to that man. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind it. Normally, I don't care for these kinds of things. I don't always love bringing back dead characters so that we can have a crisis of conscience or a discussion about faith and that kind of stuff. But this felt very well structured. You're right. It did feel like Boyd definitely had some things he needed to get off his chest to Father Khatri. I appreciated the fact that he said, oh, you're a lot meaner now that you're dead. (laughs) 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 But it is... It is unique, right? Because we've seen dead characters return, but it's been more hallucinations, right? You know, he saw Abby when he was being stung by the spiders and so on, but that was mental manipulation by these powers that be. 100%. And so it's weird that he's now having these moments. And I don't know if that's the disease or if Mm -hmm. that's the powers that be playing with his brain, because again, Brian Kelly happened last week. And so I just... Right. I never know, but I have never questions know. just in case it's either or. <laughs> I feel like it's probably safe to assume that it's part of this disease, but I'm curious to see if this will then continue because unless he's getting better, he's going to continue having symptoms. And if this is one of those symptoms, can we just expect to see more dead characters in the future? And if it is that, then how much of what we've seen with him is real? Because, like, Mm. he definitely was talking to a dead guy who gave him this weird blood in a cave. But, like, if that was the disease. Mm. Yeah, because we still have questions about how Arthur functioned. Yeah, I have so many questions. Like, (laughs) Just so many questions. (laughs) This show should have been called Questions. Questions. (laughs) I mean, is it more marketable than From? Probably. (laughs) It's so hard. I love the show, but I'm just like, this title is so hard on the SEOs. And the, the SEO Twitter. is the worst. Oof. Yeah. Twitter, trying to search for from tweets, um, mm-hmm. as I've done for a few weeks now because of reasons. I was like, ah, everybody <laughs> uses that word. Stop. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Coming soon in the fall. And. <laughs> <laughs> Look, love you from title is a nightmare. Yeah, and I'm excited to see how they stick that title because it everything means something. Everything means something, whether it's the intro song mm-hmm. um, or whether it's like random music that they play throughout. And I know this title specifically means something that I'm not seeing because I'm like, because people are from different places. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's something bigger than that and easier than that. And I'm excited to see what it's going to be. But right now, it's just, it is a barrier. <laughs> Well, even the fact that the letters are all capitalized. Is it an acronym? Oh. oh I just dumped no. you, didn't I? <laughs> you did. Another puzzle. See, questions would have been a better title. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to sit around now trying to figure out what these letters could stand for. That's another mystery. <laughs> okay, so questions. Thinking about what's going to happen next as we hit the mid-season. Do you think we're going to kill Sarah? I want us to, but I don't think we've gotten everything we need from her yet. So I think she's gonna be fine for at least another couple episodes. Okay. I'm not so sure. I do feel like this stuff with Kenny and Boyd is going to come to a head. I feel like Sarah might sacrifice herself to appease the rift between the two of them because she very clearly said she doesn't think she can live here. So she's accepting the fact that she's not a good fit for this town anymore. 
I mean, yeah. I think that the Matthews will also want her dead when they find out. Mm. But I just think that because we just got a bus full of new people, it it, right. it would be uncouth to put somebody in the box in front of them Ooh. just now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Randall, you best behave because if not, this is what happens. Right? Do you want the box? Because this is how you get the box. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so I... I, I don't think she's long for this season, but I do think she's got maybe one or two more episodes so we can get whatever the last pieces are we need from her. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I can totally get behind that. And also because I do think it'll provide a really interesting moral conflict to introduce these new bus people to the reality of what they're dealing with. 100%. Okay. So that's maybe the next episode then, because I could see this depending on if word gets out. If it doesn't get out, then yeah, she'll stick around for a couple of episodes. But you're right. The minute the Matthews find out about this, Jim is going to be pissed. Him and his two ribs that are not broken will be in that basement. I <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> He's just walking around town holding his side like Absolutely awful. not. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's healing miraculously fast. Nope. Which is another part of this puzzle. And if he is, he needs to disclose that. (laughs) (laughs) Share your secrets. But the fact that they just let him leave. I'm just like, he's got half his ribs broken. He was under a house yesterday. Is this Mm -hmm. wise? I know I'm no medic, but. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Christy, where where are you at, girl? You're just letting your patients wander off. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) I also think we're going to end up getting the Ellis and Fatima wedding. Right. Because. They keep bringing it up. I'm like, you're going to get married here. You're going to get married this season, I feel. I agree, but I feel like that could be a really horrible disaster in the making. So we might keep it for the finale. Same. I I can see it being finale or penultimate episode and Mm -hmm. then setting it up for the finale to be just wild. Yeah. Because remember, we spent the back half of season one building the fucking radio tower. So I could see it be, let's get ready for the wedding. Oh, shit. Everything is going down at the wedding. It's the from wedding. The from red wedding. <laughs> um, I'm excited because we do need to kill some people. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I love so many people, but we do need to kill some more people. It's been a couple episodes now. Yeah, yeah. I'll be interested to see who goes next. It's really like Survivor that way. But instead of getting voted off the island, they're just being torn apart. I mean, it's true. <laughs> we we even have protective rocks that guarantee safety. <laughs> I love it. It's Survivor Extreme. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to sign up to go on the show, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Well, Sheree, if people want to talk about Survivor with you, how would they get in touch? You can find me at Miss Sheree on Instagram and Twitter. And I do have a special rock and I do go inside before sundown. So Mm. find me during the day. (laughs) Where can they find you, Joe? (laughs) I can be reached at Beast on my remote. And yes, if you want to speculate what theater production Sheree and I would put on, then you can also get in touch with both of us at you should underscore watch. And I will also give a shout out to the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. Got a ton of content on the network right now, so please be sure to check us out. But also, you know, a little rating and review action would be great. Would love that. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, until the next episode, enjoy sleeping on that fucking bus, Randall. (laughs)
Squad.